Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. To another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. And welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. As you know, we've been teaching on uh, the principles of the kingdom of God. And Jesus said over in uh, Matthew 16, 19, I believe, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And and we understand that those keys are are the commands of God, commands with a promise. God said he's given us exceeding great and precious promises. So he he tells us, I'm going to give you these keys and they're going to unlock some mysteries of the kingdom. And and I kind of want to digress a little today, Richard. We've been speaking of these various keys. We started off with faith, you know, love, perseverance, and uh, just most recently joy. But I want to just digress just a little because... A lot of people, we were speaking this morning how a lot of believers, they have like a church member mentality instead of a kingdom mentality or a child of God mentality. And and I, I always like the, the, the scripture to do the speaking, to do the revealing of, of the truth of God. So again, I always take it back to the word. That's why our ministry is called the word church. We use the word. And Jesus said something interesting about the word. He said, man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. So we're just going to use the word. So everybody out there, grab your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And, and you're going to see this whole thing. Actually, it's the Bible is very thematic. You'll see it throughout the Old Testament and just woven all through the New Testament. Jesus talks about this kingdom. And we know in Isaiah 1, it says, Unto us a child is born. Uh a king and the government shall be on his shoulder and, and unto his government, there should be no end. That's over in Isaiah chapter nine. It was prophesying about this new kingdom that was going to come. Actually, it was the kingdom that was established in the garden that Adam, you know, committed high treason and got us all messed up. But Jesus came back to reestablish that. And that kingdom is the kingdom from heaven. It's the kingdom of God. It's God's way of doing things. So when we get born again, We got to now do it God's way and not our way. Remember, acknowledge him in all your ways. Lean not to your own understanding. So God has a way or order of doing things, and he wants us to do it his way. And I always tell people, when you get born again, there's two things you need to do with your mind, scripturally. One is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the other is to allow things to get uprooted out of you. That been planted into you. A lot of people come into the church, to the body of Christ, and, and they they learn the new things, but they want to hold on to the old things. I, I know I'm preaching good, Richard, because you talk about this all the time. They want to hold on to the old things, and, and those old things were ne- not necessarily truth. It was something that was told to you probably by your experience, your observation, or something you was taught that was necessarily true. So they try to hold on to those old things. And Jesus said in Matthew 15. 
every tree or plant that my heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. So God desires to uproot some things in us, but we got to allow him through the Holy Spirit, through his word to uproot them and not get offended by it. So again, I tell people every Sunday, my intention is never to offend you. It's to give you the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. And, and it may hurt. It's just like a sur surgery. If somebody going to surgery, they prep you for surgery. And, and the doctor eventually is going to use a scalpel. And that scalpel's going to cut you. But that ain't his intention to, to hurt you with the scalpel. He got to open you up, cut you to get to the problem. <laughs> so the word of God, it says in Hebrews 4 or 12, that the word of God is living and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing in even to the division of the bones and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents, and there's no creature hidden from his sight. So the word of God will cut you. But our job as Christians is people who got born again is to do what the scripture says, receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save our souls. So we got to go ahead and receive it. So Jesus gave us, Jesus came preaching about a kingdom. He didn't come preaching about church service. <laughs> he, come, he, he came to preach about a kingdom of God, a kingdom from heaven. And he said, I came to establish that. And, I, and I'm going to kind of go back just a tad bit. So if we're at Acts chapter one, verse one, look what he, he says here. And this is after he died, was buried, and was resurrected. He, he came and appeared to the 12, well, the 11. So look what he says. The former account I made, O Theopolis, all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, that was, that was verse 1 and 2. Verse 3, to whom he also presented himself alive. Oh, he presented himself alive. After the, a death, burial, and a resurrection, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he appeared to the disciples and he was speaking to them about the same things. Scripture says, Things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Well, you got to ask yourself, what are those things that he was speaking about pertaining to the kingdom of God? And with that said, you can go to Mark chapter 1, verse 14. And look what he said. Now, that was the end of Jesus' ministry. And then we know he told us in the Great Commission to go and make disciples, teaching them all the things, teaching them to obey all the things that I commanded you, teaching them to observe all. So Jesus was teaching them about kingdom. Then he said, I want you to go out and teach that. But not only just teach that, demonstrate it. Because the kingdom comes with power. That's that Holy Ghost resurrection power. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in us. We get that as children of God. So now I'm going to just go to this one scripture and then we're going to let it rip. Mark chapter 1 verse 14. Look what he says here. This was Jesus when he started his earthly ministry. And my Bible has a, a caption here. It says, Jesus begins his Galilean ministry. Verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. It didn't say he came preaching church service. He came preaching the gospel of the king. He didn't come preaching the Ten Commandments. He didn't come preaching that. He, came, he didn't come preaching condemnation. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. But look what he says in verse 15. And saying, this is what Jesus was declaring. The time is fulfilled, 
and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And we understand the gospel was good news. So he was bringing good news of this kingdom that he, God sent him to, to reestablish upon earth. Remember, Jesus said it in Matthew 6. Pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy or your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the connection. That's what we all sh should be desiring, that God's kingdom will come in our life and his will will be done in our life here on earth because we're on earth, but we're, we're citizens of heaven. Our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That book is kept in heaven. <laughs> That's where our name's at. And then over in Luke, we're going to go there, but Luke chapter 17, I believe, verse 5, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, well, tell us about this kingdom. And Jesus said, you're not going to be able to say, look here or look there. Nobody's going to be able to see it. He said, for the kingdom of God is inside of you. Oh, I guess it gets inside of me as I use those keys to open it up. So again, we just want to let people know, stop preaching church. <laughs> we are the church. We are the body of Christ. But we have to understand that God came to displace this perverted world system with the scriptures refers to Satan as the God of this world. We come to make God's will uh, prevalent on this earth as it is in heaven and displace the present kingdom, which is con considered the kingdom of darkness. And Satan's the ruler over that kingdom. And we're from the kingdom of God. We come to take over, take dominion. Just like he gave Adam that mandate back in Genesis to take dominion. Scriptures say he blessed him. He told him to reproduce, multiply, take dominion over everything. And that's still the command today because Jesus came to reestablish us back to Genesis. So in the garden is in us now. So that's why he says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Meaning heaven's got your back because he also refers to us as ambassadors for Christ. Well, an ambassador represents another nation. Am I correct? Well, we represent the nation of God, the kingdom of God. And he says we're ministers of reconciliation. And I know in some countries they have the minister of finance. Well, the minister of this or that. Well, we're in the kingdom of God and we're all children of God considered ministers of reconciliation. It says that in Corinthians. And then Jesus told us the Great Commission, go and make converts. Go into the kingdom of darkness and pull them out and bring them into the kingdom of light. The kingdom of the son of his love, the kingdom of God. That's the command. But we didn't start playing church so much and doing all these programs. And then again, I want to say this. The kingdom of God comes with the supernatural. It comes with all the heaven's provisions. And here's the thing. Faith comes by hearing. If you never hear that from leadership or your pastor or get the revelation out of scripture, you'll think, whoa, me, I just go to church and do nothing. No, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Everything that's created has a plan and a purpose. He said, I knew you before you was formed in your mother's womb. I know the plan and the purpose I have for you. So our job is to connect with the true vine, which is Jesus, and produce fruit for his kingdom. <laughs> okay, Richard, I see you got a lot on your mind over there, and I'm going to be quiet right now. Give it up, Richard. <laughs> you know, as you were reading it, and Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand, mm -hmm. and he would say the kingdom of God is, is near. People will read that and they will hear that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God is at hand. And they say, well, of course he was there. Mm -hmm. Yesterday in, in service, we were looking at Philippians chapter four, verses four and five. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And sometimes 
we forget that. We we read, yes, when Jesus was there and he said the kingdom of God is at hand and we believe that the kingdom of God is at hand and we know that to be true. But he also says that same thing now. He says the, the Lord is near. And so often we think that God is somehow far off, that he's up in heaven and and they're up there doing whatever it is that they're doing. And, you know, you hear people, oh, I think they're probably up there on clouds playing harps or whatever, you know. <laughs> and so whatever people think they're doing in heaven, God's off there and they're all, Sipping just, on mint they're all just chilling <laughs> and they're hanging out. And nothing could be farther from the truth. The Lord is near. The Lord is always near. In fact, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit is alive in us. We don't, we don't serve a God who's far off. We don't serve a God who's way off and doesn't know what's happening in our life, doesn't know what's going on in the world in which we live, who's completely out of touch with everything that's going on. He, no, he is near. He is, he is right with us. And as, we were, as you were talking there, I was thinking about the fact that we, even as Christians, somehow forget where our provision comes from, that it's actually from him. <laughs> Right. That he is our provider, that he is our protector, that he is our healer, that he is all of those things to us. It is, it's not the government. It's not a political party. It's not the money that you have in the bank. It's not the Social Security check that you're going to receive in your bank every month. We, even as Christians, it's easy to get get confused to the idea that God— it's it's our job that's our provider. That's how I'm going to make it. It's it's that Social Security check that I'm going to get. That's my provision. No, God is your provider and has always been your provider. It's easy to think, oh, I'm going to go to bed tonight and I don't need to worry because we spend hundreds of billions of dollars a year on defense. No, you God is your protector. And we just need to get back into our mind once again, the mindset that God is all of those things to us. David, as he faces Goliath, I'm always, I, I always love that story because practically the first thing that he says is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's mocking the armies of the living. Who's this guy? <laughs> what, what are you letting this guy bother you for? And then he says, the God who, who saved me from the bear and the lion will save me from his hand too. And he just remembered who was his protector, who was his provider, who was it that was going to be looking after him. And he realized it was going to be God. He didn't count on armor. He didn't count on a sword. He didn't count on any of those things. He says, the God who protected me, the God who saved me from the bear and the lion, that's who will protect me. And I don't know what people's, are facing today. Everybody's got a different thing. Some people, it's a financial problem. Some people out there that are hearing us have a bill that's due and they're not sure how they're going to pay it. Take your eyes off the bill and put them back on God. God is your provider. God is going to see you through. God is going to take care of you. And I asked this question to somebody the other day. We'll get wrapped up and we'll get worried about like a bill's due. And then I asked him, I said, is this the first bill you ever had due? Is it the first one you weren't ever sure how you were going to pay? And they said, no. I said, did God take care of you and it get paid? And he, they said, yeah. I said, he's going to do it again. Maybe it's an illness that you're facing, or maybe somebody in your family is ill. Is this the first illness you've ever had? 
the first illness that anybody in your family's ever had? Did God see you through before? He's going to see you through again. Well, again, that's what it means when Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. It means have trust in God, have confidence in God. Again, remember, we're kingdom citizens now. We're children of the most high God. So that's why we pray our father who are in heaven. All our provisions come from heaven. We don't say our father who are on earth. We pray for heaven's provisions because we've been born again and we're now in the family of God. And like I said yesterday, a lot of people don't understand that the scripture says in Hebrews, there's things that accompany salvation. Yeah, there's things that membership has its privileges. Membership in the household of God, it, it comes with benefits. And, and in Psalms 105, it says, forget not all his benefits. And a lot of Christians, first, they get born again, and they're probably in a church that don't preach or teach the blessing. You're blessed when you're connected with God, and you were referring to David. David went out with confidence by saying, who is this? Because he knew who he was connected to. Right. And I always tell people, me and God are majority. That's all he, and David had that same mindset. Who was this uncircumcised Philistine who's talking crap to my people? And he said, this day, I'm going to have your head. Notice he didn't say not tomorrow, next, not next week, because it was not, just us. I'm hoping so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's up to us, we'll do it next year. Yeah. But he said, this day, because when you have, you know, when you know who you are connected to, there's a degree of boldness. And that's what the church needs, you know, some boldness. We need to find out. You know, grow in the knowledge of who we are. You need to meditate. That's one of the principles of getting the kingdom inside of you. Meditating on who God says you are, what God says you have. Well, that's another thing I talked a lot about yesterday, too, is we forget who we are. Yeah. We, 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 We're the children of God. The most high God, not the most low the, God. Spoke the universe into right, existence. Right. Well, and, and again, that's what the scripture means when he says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what Jesus said in Matthew 15, allowing all of this crap that's been planted in your spirit to be uprooted, all those lies. Because Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and, and truth. His word is the truth. It say, he says spirit and life over in John 6. But they also he said, the words I speak to you, they are truth. So once we get the truth, forget what the facts might say. Because the truth will always supersede the facts. I, Satan can conjure up some facts. He's, look at this. He, look at here's the report, the evil doctor's report. Here you go. But if I if I look at that, remember whatever I focus on, I'll, I'm going to draw near to that. But if I focus on the God's words, whatever I meditate on or think on the most, I'm going to move that direction. So if I focus on the negative doctor report. And then go talk about that and give speech to it, give voice to it. I'm going to move in that direction. But if I fix my mind on what the truth said, and the truth is always the word of God, by his stripes I'm healed. I'm constantly meditating on that and declaring that. Even when I'm not under attack by sickness, I'm still declaring that constantly. By his stripes I'm healed. Christ has redeemed me from the curse. I'm saying that constantly. It's called To me it's called preventative maintenance. I'm always declaring what the scripture says, what the good news says. So when bad news kind of come and present itself to me, I do what the scripture says in that case. I cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. He tells us that in Corinthians. Anything that God didn't say, he tells you to cast it down. Don't even take no thought about it. He says, think on these things. Huh? Whatsoever things are what? Good. 
lovely of a good report. Well, here's the good report right here, the good news. I'm going to meditate on that. And those, are, again, are keys to the kingdom. Meditation on the word of God. That's, that's a good key. So you're always going to move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. And if you're thinking on this, how many bills came in, remember, unexpected bill, he always knocking at the door <laughs> and the, the evil doctor is report or all. Again, you say it all the time. There's a million negative things we can meditate on and think on. But God didn't tell you to do that. And again, that's a command of God and a command is not a suggestion. He did. He command you to think on things which are good. Right. Well, see, what we've got to do is <laughs> and, and you'll talk to Christians, though, and they'll say things like, I know that's what it says, but I, I just can't seem to do it. We, we, whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's noble, think on those things and just do it. God wants you to have joy in your life. I know that there are a lot of Christians don't believe that. I believe okay. it, Richard. There are a lot. I of, believe it. <laughs> there are a lot of Christians that think that God wants me to be down. He wants me to be discouraged. He wants me to be depressed. He wants me to to just be constantly beaten by life. God does not want you to live your life that way. He came to give life and it more abundantly. He wants you to have joy in your life in every situation that you find yourself in. And the reason why is because he is near. Well, he- you Earlier, you're talking about the Holy Spirit and the difference between the church and the Elks Lodge or the church and the Eagles Lodge or the church and Rotary is the Holy Spirit. Hey, the hallelujah. Holy, the Holy Spirit's alive in the church. <laughs> hallelujah. The Holy Spirit not gives alive life in those organizations. to the church. Right. Those other groups, they may do fine things. They may do great things. They may do good and work. we thank them. But the difference between them and, and the any church. group and the church is the Holy See, Spirit is alive in the right. church and, and, and gives and the church life to the, the church. the body of Christ. It, 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 it's the, the those who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about something that went in line to what you were speaking. The scripture says this in Romans, and it's talked about those who got born again. It says those who received, I'm going to translate the amplified version. It says those who received the abundance of grace, God's unmerited favor and getting saved, because all you got to do is receive Jesus. He's the, the way. Can't go through any other source except him. He's the door. But it says those who receive abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness shall rule and reign in life as kings. That's what the amplifier says. So he said, once you come into the family of God, you're now, Scripture says in Ephesians, we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Amen. Says Jesus. That's who we are. Yeah, he made us sit together with him. So there were our names up there. So I guess if so, my name's on the so, roster, I can go in. So you might be in Chico, Paradise, Orville, wherever you are listening, but you're seated in the... In heavenly place with Christ Jesus. That's that's where we're at. And also, Richard, I heard that Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for me. He's always. And you know what one thing Jesus is saying to the Father constantly? Father God, I paid for that at Calvary. I paid for that already. Remember? Remember Jesus said on Calvary, it is finished. It's finished. It's a done deal. So you have to know that. And if you don't know that. Yeah, and keys to the kingdom. If you don't know that, Satan will beat you up with condemnation. But there's somebody listening right now going, well, those guys are saying I can do whatever I want. No, They're no, saying no. that I'm saved by grace and I no. can do whatever I we want. Didn't say that. Read, read Romans chapter 6. It says, what shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's Certainly not. The Holy Spirit, we choose to live by the Spirit. You're not going to sin. See? Right. And sometimes people forget that. They hear, hear 
word like we're speaking, and they say, oh, they're just talking about cheap grace. They're just talking about doing whatever Grace ain't cheap. No. <laughs> what, what we're talking about is live by the Spirit, and you will not be so, led into sin. Scripture say, yeah, walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So walk in the Spirit means allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Walk by the Word of God, because Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are Spirit, and they are life. So walk in this Word. Holy Spirit bears witness to the truth of God's Word. He said, go that direction. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And again, we're all going to miss the mark. And God made a provision for that. Because remember, we have an advocate with the Father. He sits. He's our Lord and priest. He's our high priest. He sits at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for us. So the scripture says in 1 John 9, if you sin, confess it, and he is faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's for us. Because the Bible's written for Christians, for those who are in the family. Now you can get in the family by receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, but basically this is our instruction manual. So if we miss the mark, and the scriptures also says too, if anybody say they ain't sin, even and again, he was talking to Christians, if you say you ain't never sin, Richard, scripture says you're a liar and the truth ain't in you. Right. So we're going to miss the mark. We're not sinners, but we will commit a sin. You, a Christian, will commit a sin by having a bad thought. Jesus said if you thought it, it's a sin. But our job, and I believe it's part of God's way to keep us humble, keep us coming to him as our source. Because I go to him every day asking for forgiveness. Because, you know, a million thoughts run through a person's mind every day. You know, you might say something, uh, unintentionally offend somebody, but you have to always humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and go ask him for forgiveness. So, he, And he tells you something about forgiveness, too. As you come to him all those times for forgiveness, he said, now don't forget, Richard, to extend that to others. Yeah, right. yeah, we we want to be forgiven, but we don't want to forgive. <laughs> well, see, right. Well, you know, another key to the kingdom, Richard, forgiveness. <laughs> I, I talk to people all the time about the fact that whenever you go to somebody and you say, you know what, I just realized that I did something. Will you forgive me? How often do we want to be forgiven? We want to be forgiven every every time. time. Don't we ever do that, mm -hmm. right? But for some reason, when people come to us to ask for forgiveness. We're a little reticent sometimes. Well, you know what? That's the third or fourth time you've done that, and so I'm not sure I want to forgive you. I'm so keeping we, count, too, Richard. So, right. <laughs> not that I'm counting. Uh, but it is amazing to me how we always want forgiveness when we sin, but we're always not always wanting to grant forgiveness when others have sinned against us. And Jesus is very clear about the fact that as we are forgiven, or as we forgive, so shall we be forgiven also. Hey, and Richard, so on that note, and I don't want to just go on that note, but real quick, oh, we're wrapping it up. Well, uh, this is going to conclude this uh, edition of Faith on Fire. And uh, again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we just want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking and living by faith. this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927.
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.